Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online, around the world, internet church service. I'm so happy that you're here, that you're joining me today, and I believe that God has a word for you that will build your faith, and that word will empower you to do what God has called you to do. Now, before we jump into today's message and we begin to jump into the Word of God, let me say that on Monday, which is tomorrow, we will be releasing the ministry newsletter partner letter. And if you would like to receive that, please make sure that you are signed up on our partner email. If you would like to do it, it's very easy. Just go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org, and there on the homepage, there's that area where you can put your email address in and submit it, and we'll get that, and we will add you to the email list before it goes out. Now, many of you, you're already on the email list, and uh, that's wonderful. You'll be receiving it in your email, but if you would like to receive it, please sign up with your email so that we can get it to you. Praise God. All right, today, let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse 18, a beloved scripture that I know means a lot to you. Let's review that today. It says, and you shall remember the Lord your God. In other words, this is something that we need to remember, be mindful of, because some, either they forget it, or circumstances come that try to move them out of that place and would even try to endanger them. But we need to remember the source of the blessing, the source of the prosperity. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth. I know you have energy. I, I know you have strength. I know you can work all day long. And that's wonderful. We, we thank God for the ability to work. But we must also realize, though, that when it's all said and done, Really, that energy and that strength even came from God Himself. Well, Pastor Stephen, my job is more like I'm on the computer every day, and it's more intellectual, so I, I do my own thing. Well, really, God is the one that gave you the intellect. Yes, you may have developed it. You may have, uh, you know, sharpened your mind, but God gave you that mind, and God gave you the strength to be able to do those things. But as children of God, as covenant children of God, we know that the origin of prosperity that God gives, it actually comes from Him. And yes, we're going to use our intellect, we're going to use our brain, our mind, and we're going to apply ourselves. But we also know that in the midst of all of that, it's God who is the one that is the source of the blessing. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth. Woo, praise God. This was a verse I never heard growing up in the church because we thought God wanted us to be poor. And it's like we had these blinders on and we never saw these potent verses that could have lifted us out of uh, extended dura durations of times where we just, we had a lot of lack. Uh, many people in the church, they struggled financially. We had no clue there was a covenant of wealth and there's power to get it. Okay. So it's the Lord who gives power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant. Please today say that word, say covenant, which you swore to your fathers as it is this day. God's plan for your financial wealth is based on the platform of a covenant. Okay. What is a covenant? 
But it's pretty simple, really. It's a deal. Uh, sometimes it can be called the contract. It's a deal or a contract or an agreement between two people. And in, in this case, it's between you and God. Okay? Now, this is fascinating. Psalm 89, verse 34. It says, this is the Lord speaking, My covenant I will not break nor alter or change the word that has gone out of my lips. Today, understand that God is a covenant-keeping God. The challenge is that on our side, not on God's side, He's a covenant keeper. It says, he says, my covenant I will not break. The challenge is, is, is on our side that we uphold our end of the deal. Woo, praise God. Because it's our side that can change. Now, when we meet the conditions or the terms of the covenant, then and only then is God committed to doing and performing what He said we, uh, said, excuse me, what He said He would do. Praise God. So God works off of a covenant platform concerning wealth. You don't get into this covenant by prayer. And I'm all for prayer. Prayer is wonderful. We're told in Scripture to pray. Even some of the things I'm going to share today, really we're touching the subject of prayer. But you don't get into this covenant through that door. You don't get into this covenant through fasting. Although fasting is vital in the life of any believer, and any believer should incorporate some fasting into their life. But you don't come into this covenant through that door either. You come into this covenant of wealth and finances with God by obeying the terms that are laid out for that covenant. Woo, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. When we meet the conditions of the covenant, then God is committed to that covenant. Now, let me say this today with the coronavirus tapering off, finally, <laughs> praise the Lord, <laughs> which we know has been hyped, uh, you know, anyhow, uh, you know, to the max. But nevertheless, it's, it's, you know, a lot of people lost their lives. But we have to understand that although the coronavirus also in many ways has rocked the economy in a negative way, the coronavirus, my friends, and the economic impact that it has made is not your problem. The problem so often with God's people is ignorance of the covenant. And we see in the book of Hosea, the prophet said in chapter 4, verse 6, My people, not the sinners, this is God talking to His people, not, not the unbelievers who don't know God. But He said, My people are destroyed for what? For lack of of knowledge. So lack of knowledge of the covenant, lack of knowledge of the terms, the conditions to obligate God to perform what he said he would do, this lack of knowledge is what causes people to have unnecessary pain and I would even say financial trauma in their life. The economy of the nation. Now I know that from this pulpit the word of the Lord goes forth to many nations. But listen to me today. Regardless of what nation that you live in, the economy of your nation has no bearing on your covenant walk with God. 
Mm, thank you, Jesus. Let that go deep into your spirit today. There is no economic crisis in any nation. And of course, the coronavirus and the economic impact that it has had has been global. But there is no economic crisis in any part of the world that can break the power of God's covenant. Mm -mm. Oh, as if God says, oh, I didn't know the coronavirus was going to happen. Uh, that's stronger than I am. I can no longer take care of you. I'm going to have to take my name plaque down from above my throne that says Jehovah Jireh. And I'm going to have to have the angels change that. We'll just put another plaque up there. And uh, after the coronavirus, then I will replace the plaque that says Jehovah Jireh back over my throne. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. God can get you through. He's a covenant keeping God. He can get you through anything regardless of what these outward negative circumstances are. I'm here to tell you today that the covenant is stronger, which is why you need you need to be on the covenant platform because mm, the world is a dangerous place. Pastor Stephen, just how strong, just how secure really is this covenant. Well, let's take a look. Let's go to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 31. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Verse 35. Thus says the Lord, who gives the sun for light by day, the ordinances of the moon and the stars for a light by night, who disturbs the sea and its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. Now, verse 36. If those ordinances, what ordinances? The sun, light by day. The moon, stars, light by night. Okay. If those ordinances depart from before me, says the Lord, then the seed of Israel shall also cease from being a nation before me forever. Now, see, God said, Israel will be a nation before me forever. He said, I have made a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and their seed will always be in the earth, and they will always be here. Well, Pastor Stephen, how do we know that? Anytime you see the sun, know that the covenant is intact. Now, if the sun doesn't come up tomorrow, we'd have issues with the covenant. But, of course, we all know that if the sun did not come up tomorrow, we have a lot more bigger problems than that. In other words, the whole universe has collapsed. But, my friends, be assured that the sun will come up again tomorrow, and the moon, oh, yes, it will. It will come out again tonight. Well, Pastor Stephen, I didn't see it. Well, that's because it's cloudy. Now, just wait. When the clouds part, you'll see that at nighttime, it's still up there. So, all of these things would have to collapse. The sun, the moon, the whole earth, everything with the universe would have to fall apart before God, before God could not be able to take care of you. But he is a covenant-keeping God. And if you want God to bless you financially, then you need to get into the financial covenant. Praise the Lord. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Now, here's an email that I want to read to you from one of our ministry partners. But before I read that email, let me say this. That Abraham was in the land of Canaan, and there was a famine but you read that just right after that, that Abraham was very rich in cattle, silver, and gold. We think, well, what, what about the famine? Pastor Stephen, didn't the famine wipe him, wipe him out? Oh, yeah, he's a covenant man. He's a covenant man. He actually increased during the famine. 
Now, you explain that one to me. My friends, the covenant is supernatural. I'm telling you, it will work regardless of what is going on out there. By the way, there's a lot going on out there, isn't there? There's a lot of shaking. There's a lot of shaking. It's going to get worse. Oh, yes, there'll be a little reprieve. Things will get better. But these are the earth pangs. These are the economic pangs. The, the tremors, they will increase in the last days. Are you on the sand of the world system? Or are you on God's unshakable covenant system? Abraham increased even with all of that economic distress taking place. Well, Pastor Stephen, what about his son Isaac? Well, you know that story. There in the book of Genesis, Isaac under the direction and leading of the Holy Spirit, sowed in the middle of a famine. Well, Pastor Stephen, it'll never work in an economic famine. Now, Pastor Stephen, these Bible things are nice, but this doesn't work in real life. Oh, my friends, these Bible principles are exactly what you need to be living by, because the other stuff is eventually going to fail, fall, and collapse. But if you're on God's covenant, you'll never lack. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. And so Isaac sowed in famine and reaped that same year, 100-fold. Now look, a 100-fold is a miracle in a good year, but in the middle of a famine, ah, covenant man. Where did he learn that from? His daddy. Woo! Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, covenant people tied in with God with a financial covenant. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And he got a hundredfold in the middle of a famine. This email is from Sister Lisa concerning the Passover miracle seed that she just sowed. Hi, Pastor Stephen. I recently sent in my donation. And she says, I want to let you know that the Lord increased my Passover seed that she sowed for the fence. Okay. The Lord increased my Passover seed. 200-fold. She said, I cried. It really was a miracle. She said, thank you for all that you and Pastor Kelly and the staff are doing. I'm a partner, and I'm praying for your ministry. My friends, we get these emails of those that are faithful to biblical principles. Thank you, Jesus. Faithful to biblical principles. Pastor Stephen, I want in on this covenant. Okay, it's anchored on Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. Let's take a look at it very quickly. Genesis 8, 22. Some of you need this because of the shakings economically that have been taking place in the world system. But if you get on God's system, you will never go down because God can never go down. Oh, it doesn't mean that you won't see others hit by these things. Watch this. It doesn't mean that you won't see other Christians get hit by it, but you will not see a covenant Christian go down ever, ever. Praise God. Genesis 8, chapter 8, verse 22. While the earth remains. Have you ever noticed that it's still here? <laughs> and Solomon said it will always be here. Nevertheless, we get back to verse 22. While the earth remains, Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Look, as long as the sun and moon are exchanging place, as long as day and night are switching out, seed time and harvest isn't going anywhere. It will always work for the person who works it. Okay, so that's why we sow seed. And we also see that in the book of Malachi, God says the tithe 
belongs to me. And we honor the Lord by giving the tithe to him, bringing it into the storehouse so that the gospel can be preached around the world. Praise the Lord. And my friends, these two things, sowing of seed and tithing, bring you into a financial covenant with God. And when you stay on that system, not just do it for two weeks and quit, but when you stay on that system and you make up your mind, you decide in your heart, I am a covenant man. I am a covenant woman. Then you'll see the power to get wealth rush into your life, rush into your life. By the way, when you're wealthy, you don't need debt. I'm not saying debt is a sin. I'm just saying there's a better way. And when you're wealthy, you know, you, you don't need to go borrow. Praise the Lord. That is the blessing of wealth. That's where God's taking you. That's where the covenant will take you to because it is supernatural. It is miraculous. And that's where God wants you to be. It is a safe place. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for your people that if there would be any that would be flirting with the world, thinking they're smart enough to navigate the troubled waters of the economic system. Lord, I pray that they reconsider and they come into the safe harbor of the covenant of Jehovah Jireh. Thank you, Father God, that your covenant includes not only provision, it includes wealth. Thank you, Father God, that you have a prosperity plan for all of your people. May they run into your name. Your, the, the tower of your name is a strong refuge. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that we are covenant people living in a very dangerous time. But you will always take care of us. Always take care of us. And you will bless us to be a blessing. Father, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now. Let's be hearers and doers of the word. For those of you that are bringing in your tithes and offerings through mail, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code here is 28654. For those of you that prefer to bring your, your, your giving in online, your tithes and offerings online, you can do so by visiting the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings Sow and Reap. Praise God. Hallelujah. And they come straight into the storehouse of God. Thank you for your giving. Thank you so much for your sacrificial Passover seeds. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. Mm -mm. The fence is going to be completed. Hallelujah. We'll be speaking with the fence company uh, this coming week. I've already been speaking with them, actually just ironing out the last little details of the exact way that we want it. And uh, that's going to be going up very, very soon. Praise the Lord. All right, my friends, let's take our Bibles today. And go over to the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 5, hallelujah, thank you Jesus. Doesn't it feel good that you know that God's got you covered? Well, Pastor Stephen, I know that God is Jehovah Jireh, but Pastor Stephen, I've been laid off and I, uh, you know, I need a breakthrough. Let me say this, God does miracles, hallelujah, he'll take care of you even if he has, even if he has to fly ravens in. But also for some of you, this is a career shift. 
and the Lord wants to take you higher. Some of you were very, uh, there's a few of you, you've been a little bit complacent. You were just willing to write it out the rest of your life the way it was. And the Lord's going to work through this change to help you move into a, a different position where you actually are promoted by the Lord. So get ready for that. If you need to go look for some other work because it's played out where you're at, you're laid off or something like that, well, use it as an opportunity to see what God will do for you. And use it in faith and watch that He'll take you right on through. He'll make a way for you. You'll never go under as a covenant child of God. Mm -mm. And praise and worship the Lord through this whole ordeal. Just praise Him all the time. Lord, I praise You. I trust You. I worship You. Sing songs to Him, and you will be just fine, you and your family. Hallelujah. Now, we are in the book of Galatians chapter 5. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we jump into Your Word, that there would be an, un an unveiling by Your Holy Spirit that we can read your word, study it, understand it, and apply it to our lives and enjoy the wonderful fruit that comes from walking with you. So, Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit illuminating your scriptures, your word. In Jesus' name, we all agree and say amen. Okay, Galatians chapter 5, let's go down the verse 16, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Have you ever noticed that's easier said than done? My friends, one of the greatest things I'm looking forward to about heaven is not so much the streets of gold, although that's going to be fun. That's going to be amazing. And yes, we're going to enjoy the heavenly city, hallelujah, with no crime, uh, nothing bad, no profanity. The city is 1,400 miles high. Wow, it's gigantic. It's gigantic. And that's just a city. The, the, the description of heaven in the book of Revelation is for the city. It doesn't talk about the mountains and all the other parts that extend outward. That's just the city itself. But I, while I'm looking forward to heaven and all of that stuff and, you know, you know, the pearl gates and all of that, I have to admit, I'm looking forward also to a redeemed body, praise the Lord, where you can be in a body that's for men like Superman, hallelujah, ladies like Superwoman or whatever, and your body doesn't give you any trouble. Why? Well, first of all, there's no devil. In heaven. <laughs> so he can't uh, bombard your mind to tempt you to do anything because there's no tempter. There's no temptation. There's no demons. There's no Satan. It's everything is pure and clean. But these bodies that we have one day are going to be transformed and changed. And while we still have a body, it will become immortal. And our immortality will put on, or excuse me, our mortality will put on immortality, and we'll have these bodies that don't give us any more trouble. No aches, no pains, no need for glasses, no need to ever even take an aspirin, and also any urges 
that we received from the fallen nature of man, the things that would, you know, where your flesh just wants to do certain things that aren't right. That's all going to be over with. It's going to be finished. So you can really enjoy eternity. And you can fly through space, fly through the air, swim underneath the water, walk underneath the water, talk to birds, talk to fish. It's just, uh, you know, talk to saints, talk to God. It's going to be amazing. It's really going to be amazing. But for now, but for now, we have to know how to walk in the Spirit. Now, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Did you ever notice that he didn't tell you how to do it? <laughs> Woo! It's amazing. He actually does. But when you look at it, you're thinking, okay, he tells me what to do. Thank you, Paul, for telling me what to do, but how am I supposed to do this? We need to examine that today. Now, verse 17. For the flesh, that's not your, when it says the flesh, that's not your arm, your leg, or your back, okay? It's that nature of the flesh that would want to do wrong. Even though your spirit is born again and has been recreated in the image and nature of God, we have the born again experience in like what we'd call these clay vessels, okay? For the flesh lust against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, they're opposed to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Sometime back, my wife and I, we were praying with an evangelist and his wife. We'd had wonderful fellowship. And probably talked for about five hours about the things of God, talked about ministry, talked about the goodness of God, talked about scriptures, just had a wonderful time. And before we knew it, it was late at night and we needed to wrap it up and we decided to pray. And as we were praying, the spirit of prophecy began to flow and the evangelist, his wife, she said, Stephen, I see you in the spirit right now and I see that like Superman, you have a big S on your chest, but it's not Superman, it's Spirit Man. Whoo! I thought, well, that's a lot better than an F, Flesh Man. Okay, <laughs> hallelujah. I receive, praise God. Hallelujah. I receive a word like that. Amen. And she began to prophesy certain things about the prophetic anointing upon my life. I enjoyed that. But see, my friends, to walk in the Spirit is where the glory is at. That's where the steak and potatoes are at. And, you know, I was talking to a pastor one time, and I was quite, I wouldn't say shocked, because I, you know, you get around certain things, and uh, I wouldn't say it shocked me, but I just thought, I don't know, maybe disappointed, you know. He, uh, I don't know. He, he, his hero was James Bond. And uh, this was a pastor, a man, a holy man of God. I don't know about the holy part, but he was a man of God. But his hero, the person he really identified, the person he kind of wanted to emulate was James Bond. <laughs> James, now, hey, if you want an F on your chest, fornicator, there's your guy, okay? Because that's, the, that's a core thrust to what those movies portrayed, a womanizer. You know, a guy that just sleeps around with, you know, all these women. And, you know, he, he loved the James Bond movies, and he loved the James Bond persona and um, uh, I remember one time that 
Um, there was a lady, because I, I ministered at his church, and look, I've ministered at so many churches, you'll never know who I'm talking about, and I would never tell. But I was ministering at, at his church one time, and um, uh, one of these ladies, uh, a very attractive lady, was uh, around him a lot, and uh, I said, hey, um, I said, did you know, uh, I knew that her husband wasn't saved, and I knew, I knew that she had marital problems. I said, hey, did you know that she's married? He said, she is? I said, yeah. I said, um, and by the way, so are you. <laughs> Getting a little too James Bond, a little too suave, a little, a little too smooth. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that's the anointing. No, that's the flesh. That's the anointed flesh. It's called an anti-anointing. <laughs> and he was beginning to move in, the, in the, the, the Bond anointing. Watch out. Watch out. The flesh loves all of that. I'm not anti-movie, but there's a lot of stuff. No, I don't want to see that. I have, I have no interest in seeing that. Why would I want to feed <laughs> something that I'm trying to crucify? Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Praise God. Okay. But nevertheless, my friends, the thing is, God wants you to be spirit man, not flesh man. Like Superman with the S, he wants you to be the spirit man. Hallelujah. Not the flesh man. See, Superman is a representation of like unlimited strength. I'm sure he had a limit. We just never found out what it was. He was this, he was this man that had, uh, uh, you know, this phenomenal strength. But my friends, we must go deeper. It must not be physical. It must not be of the flesh. It must be of the spirit. And when you tie into that, you begin to receive the strength that is released through that. Now, walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Great, Paul. Thanks for telling me what to do, but how to do it. We're going to dig into that today. Now, let's go down to chapter 6. We're very close by it. Let's go to verse 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual. Say spiritual. Wow. You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I remember that Prophet Kenneth Hagin, many years back, of course, he's gone on to be, to, he's gone on to heaven, he's gone on to his reward. But many years back, he talked about the time that he was in prayer and went before the Lord and said, Lord, it deeply disturbs me, and it really troubles me that ministers who've had a moral failure and have sincerely repented and want to get back into the ministry, that it's almost impossible for many of them to get back because other ministers gossip and tell all about it, and while God covered it and forgave it, Others found out about it and then spread it and then made it almost impossible for some of these good men to get back into the pulpit because they, they made a mistake. And Kenneth Hagin was reading that scripture and said, Lord, how come ministers will not restore other ministers who've fallen? He said, I don't understand it. And the Lord said, your answer is in that verse. 
And so he read it again. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. And he said, Lord, I don't get it. How come these other preachers don't restore these ministers who've had uh, failures, not, not just a moral, a moral failure, but other ministers, maybe they had some kind of like a, a financial mess up and, you know, they, you know, got into bankruptcy or something like that. And, you know, and they want to have a second shot, have a second chance of being restored and being redeemed. And how come other ministers don't restore them? It's just like they throw them out like they're like trash. And the Lord spoke to him again and said, it's in, your answer is in that verse. Well, you read it again. He actually read it three times before he caught it. And he said, this is what he read, and this is what Paul said, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, okay, what, regardless of what it is, in any trespass, you who are spiritual, ah, there it stood out. And the Holy Spirit revealed it to Brother Hagin. See, here's the thing. If you're fleshly and you're carnal, and you're jealous. You don't want to see them restored. Why? That's your competition. Let them be thrown out. Let them be wiped out. Who cares if they ever have another shot? We don't want them here because we want it all to ourselves. So, Brother Hagin realized, oh, you have to be spiritual. That's what the whole verse is, is lying on. If you are spiritual, if you are spirit man, you can move and you can operate and you can do things that others, they, they not only can't do it, they can't even see it. And they wouldn't even know how to handle it because they are F man. They're the flesh man and the flesh is dominant and they can't get into the spirit. And if you're not walking in it, it's not like you can just flip a switch and somehow quickly be in it. Well, I'm over here and I'm just doing my own thing. Well, let me suddenly become spiritual and minister to you. Uh, you just can't flip, flip that on and off. You need to prime the prop. Hallelujah. You need to start walking in the spirit and then preferably maintain that walk. Praise God. My wife and I were at the office one day. This was about 10 years ago. We're at the office one day, and somebody came into the office, a lady. And this lady was very well known in town. Yeah, in the whole, in the whole county. <laughs> very well known. And she came into our office, and we had just met her. She's almost like a total stranger. She walked in and within 30 seconds started unloading her deepest, darkest secrets, including how she was sleeping with a very well-known pastor. And she just poured it all out. She said, I, 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 I feel so filthy and dirty. She said, I, 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 I can't keep living like this. And... Uh, and she just dumped it all. Well, Pastor Stephen, did you stomp on her? Did you take out your Bible and hit her over the head and say, you dirty dog, you're going to go to hell? <laughs> no. She truly, she truly wanted out of it. She knew her flesh was running wild. She just couldn't find the brakes. And we prayed for her. We prayed for her and never told anybody. Until this day, me and my wife, we will take it to heaven with us. Nobody will ever know who she is, what she said, or what she told. But you know what? God began, after we prayed for her, God began to work in her life and moved her to another state. And that relationship that she had was broken, and that came to a conclusion. It came to an, e an end. Eventually, the pastor, he ended up also closing down the work that he had 
and he moved in the other other direction to another state. And so last we've heard, she's got her act together finally. But you can't restore people if you're not spiritual. Hallelujah. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the heart of God. Now, there are those that, there are the charlatans. There are those that, um, they're not going to give up their sin. And sometimes, behind the scenes, they'll even tell you, okay, God will deal with them. God will deal with them. Usually, they won't live beyond three years. If they're persisting, if there's a man and woman of God persisting in unrepentant sin, usually you're looking at maybe at the max a three-year window before, before they're taken off the earth. And I'm not saying God kills them. I'm saying they open the door wide open for the enemy to come in and take them out because they're willful and stubborn disobedience. Mm, praise God. My friends, it's very important to be able to walk in the Spirit. You'll be able to do things. You'll be able to do things th those that walk in the flesh can't do. You will be like Superman. You will be Spirit Man. And people will go to you. They'll find you. They'll know that you won't betray them. They know that you will help them. They know that you will counsel them. They know that you will pour in the healing balm of Gilead, and you'll get them on the right path. Praise God. Mm, thank you, Jesus. But you can't do that if you're walking in the flesh. You can't do that if you're not spirit man. And you need not only to be spirit man, you need to have others in your life that also are endeavoring to walk with the S on their chest and not the, not the F. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Years back, I was talking to a very dear friend of mine, Dr. Wade Taylor. He lived to be 86 and then graduated on the heaven. He's been there for some years now. But he wrote a book that went on to become a devotional classic. That book is called The Secret of the Stairs and has blessed a lot of people. It's kind of a mystical book. It's about a deeper walk with God. But what a lot of people don't know is how that book was brought forth. Wade told me one time. I would go to his house, stay at his, his home there in Washington, D.C., and sometimes we'd just talk, talk till 12 at night, talk to 1 o'clock in, in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, and <laughs> we had a lot of fun just talking about moves of God, things like that. But my friends, he told me that when he completed Bible college, that when that final session of Bible college, that final sem semester wrapped up, he graduated. His friends graduated. One night, they were still kind of like all together because, the, the, you know, the, the college, nobody had left to go home or go on to their next phase of life, whatever that was. So they're kind of all hanging out one afternoon going in towards the evening. And he said, everybody decided, let's go see a movie. And uh, Wade was like, I, I, I don't want to go see a movie. I, I just want to get closer to the Lord. Not that there's anything wrong with a movie. You guys want to see a movie, go see a movie. But I, I, I don't want to see a movie. So they, they said, okay. So they all went off to see a movie. He went back knowing that he's only going to be there in that Bible college, Bible college dorm room for just a few more days. Because they've just graduated. Now they've got to move off the campus and everything. But he went back to his lonely dorm room and opened up his Bible, and when he did, the Holy Spirit manifested 
with divine presence of God in the room and completely unlocked, unveiled to him the book of the Song of Solomon. And his writings on that, The Secret of the Stairs, went on to be a classic, still selling even today. But he never would have had that revelation. He never would have had that if he had not been a man that says, I really want to develop my spirit walk. Uh, you know, my flesh has already given me enough trouble already. <laughs> Wade was a man that was very successful. He owned a cable television company, and it was growing leaps and bounds. And one day the Lord spoke to him when he had, he had all this, you know, I had all this money and this company is growing and growing. The Lord spoke to him. He said, when your life is over, because he was a Christian, he said, when your life is over, do you want me to say to you, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord? Or do you want me to say to you, well done with your cable network, you introduce many people to cable television. He said, oh, Lord, <laughs> he said, I don't want that. He said, the Lord said, sell it and come serve me. And so he did. He sold it for a lot of money and uh, went on to establish his own Bible college later after he graduated from Bible college. But my friends, you can choose to be the spirit man or just let your flesh govern your life. And you need to have people in your life also that would prefer to have the S on their chest in instead of the blazing F. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. One time Wade came to visit me. We were hanging out together. And me and Kelly had looked at a home that we were considering buying. Uh, this had happened about a week earlier before Wade got, got here. And when we walked through the home... Uh, and, the, and the realtor was showing me and Kelly the home, I saw a picture of the owner of the house on the wall. And the moment I saw the picture, the moment Kelly saw it, we both looked at each other and knew that the person who owned the home was perverted, that there's obviously things in his life that were perverted. We also noticed art on the walls that, that signified perversion. But the house was beautiful, and the view was probably a 90 or 100-mile view. It was on top of a mountain. Uh, it wasn't a mountain. On top of a very large ridge, and you could see literally from North Carolina to Virginia, and you could see into Tennessee. Phenomenal view. But, you know, when you're spiritual, you pick up all that stuff. And so we picked up all that creepy stuff, and, you know, we, we, we weren't sure what to tell the realtor. We just told him we'd think about it, pray about it spiritual realtor so he understood well anyhow wade comes to visit me and i said wade um hey while you're here will you go with me to this house that me and kelly are thinking about buying he said sure so we get in the vehicle and i drive he's in the front right seat passenger seat and we drive up you know up up the big uh up the big hill, not a mountain, but pretty high. Foothills, they call them here. We, we start going along the ridge, and I turn into the driveway. The house is set back on the view. I turn into the driveway. He said, stop the car. He said, Stephen, I'm getting something from the Lord. He knows nothing about the house. 
He knows no, I haven't told him anything. He said, Stephen, this is what the Lord shows me. That if you and your wife want this home, God will give it to you. But be warned that if you buy this home, it is greatly defiled with sexual perversion that has taken place in that house. And in the time that it will take you to cleanse that home with your prayers and to consecrate that home in the interim, the evil that is residing in that home will greatly negatively affect your young daughter. I said, Wade, I said, I drop it like a hot potato. I don't want anything to do with this house. And I backed out of the parking lot. I backed, excuse me, not of the, I, I backed out of the driveway. Didn't even go any further. Didn't even show it to him. I didn't, you know, nothing. I just said, oh, no, 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 no. Not going to do it. Not going to touch that. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. You can't do stuff like that. You can't do stuff like that when you're not the spiritual Superman. You, you just can't switch into that all of a sudden. Praise the Lord. You have to be walking with the Lord. You have to be spiritual. You're going to be able to help a lot of people. You're going to be surprised at whom God is going to send into your path, and they're going to spill the beans. It happens to my wife all the time. She went to go get her teeth uh, cleaned recently, and while she's getting her teeth cleaned, the tooth cleaner, the lady there, just pours her entire life out the yuckiest sins and begins to confess all Kelly this happens happens all the time and there's no reason for it there's like no like oh are you a woman of God are you a priest are you a prophet then let me it just starts coming out when they start talking to her because the spirit of God's on her life she has the s on her chest in the spirit and ladies will just pour out the junk and, and then they'll say, I don't know why I'm telling you all of this. And, uh, but Kelly says, it's okay. I understand the Lord Jesus wants to heal you. And often she's able to lead them to the Lord. Other times they may not make that commitment to fully abandon their sin, but yet she's able to sow the seed and put the word of God into their heart so that it can produce a harvest of righteousness as they meditate on what is shared, what is presented in love and kindness and compassion. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Get ready. There will be people that God sends to you and they will share these things. You know, if you don't have the S on your chest, you can't minister to them. You can't. You, you have to have that anointing of the Spirit, and you're going to have it. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, back to Galatians chapter 5, verse 24. And those who are Christ, that would be you, have crucified the flesh with its passions and, des and desires. Again, Paul doesn't really tell you how. Tells you what to do, but doesn't really tell you how to do it. Stop and think about it just for a moment. Pastor Stephen, we're supposed to crucify the flesh. Okay, let's give it a go. Let's get a cross. You're all by yourself. You're in your house, and you get a wooden cross, and uh, you put it up in your living room. Okay. You get a hammer, and you get, you get three nails. Okay. One for this wrist right here. Well, maybe you're flexible. Okay, so you can hold a nail in this hand, and you can bend your wrist enough where you can get a hammer and hit it and drive it through 
One of them. Mm, got it. Got one of them in there. I'm crucifying my flesh. And then you could cross your legs. And maybe you could somehow hold the nail down there between your legs or something. Or, I don't know, tie it to your shoelaces or something. And then reach down with the other hand and wham, wham, drive it through. Drive your feet uh, to the cross with that other nail. Ah, we're two-thirds of the way there. But now, now my friends, in this agonizing position... You've got one more arm to go, and you realize, I can't do this on my own. You're correct. You can't. Now, those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Oh, he's, he right there is actually telling you how to do it. If we live in the Spirit... Let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, here's the key. If you live in the Spirit, Pastor Stephen, how do I die? You die by living. You die by living. When you focus on living, the dying to self will extend out of that. When you focus on walking in the Spirit. Well, Pastor Stephen, we need to focus on the don'ts. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. Well, we need to be aware of that. Okay. We need to be aware of that. But the focus, while we're aware of the dying, the focus is on the living, which is walking with the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. And when you do that, when you do that, the natural dying off to the flesh begins to naturally unfold. So, think of it like this. Would you rather have a healing? Yes, Pastor Stephen, I'm sick. I raised my hand. I need a healing. Okay, good. The Lord is the healer. But watch this. Would you rather have a healing, or would you rather walk in divine health? Well, if you walk in divine health, you don't, you don't need a healing. Okay, let's look at another example. Would you rather have a money miracle? Oh, yes, Pastor Stephen. I want a money miracle. God, give me $10 million now. Look, look, I love money miracles. I believe in money miracles. But would you rather have a money miracle or would you rather walk in the covenant and walk in the power of the blessing where all of your needs are met all of the time and you have overflow, you put money in savings, you're paying all your bills, you're walking in financial freedom. Would you rather have the overflow and the blessing or, oh, Pastor Stephen, another month has rolled by. I need another miracle. Pastor Stephen, three more weeks have passed and I've got more month than I've got money. I need another miracle. Pastor Stephen, pray. Pastor Stephen, fast for me. 40 day fast now. Pray. Which is better? Which is better? I know that you understand it would be better to walk in the covenant power, walk in the blessing. My friends, it's the focus. It's the focus. We are aware of the dying process. But as you live to the Lord and walk in the Spirit, that dying just starts happening. And the power of the Spirit somehow gets that other arm up there, somehow gets the other nail through it, and you're on that cross. I'm dead, dead to the flesh. Somehow, while I'm up here, I'm alive in the Spirit. Woo! Glory to God. Mm -mm. And both are being fulfilled at the same time. Dead to the flesh. 
but walking in the spirit at the same time. The focus is walking in the spirit, walking in the spirit, because you die by living, living how? In the spirit. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Galatians chapter. Actually, let's go over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're going to talk in just a moment briefly about the release of that power of walking in the Spirit. I see the S being placed on your chest. See, in the last days, there will be a marking on the foreheads of the 144,000, 12,000 from each tribe. But my friends, that marking, that marking, I believe, is a spiritual marking that you belong to the Lord. You belong to God. Hallelujah. And you will walk through the end times in victory. You will walk through the end times protected. Oh, but Pastor Stephen, the locusts are going to come out of the pit and they have tails that sting. What are we going to do? You're going to walk in the spirit. You're going to walk in the spirit. You will be sealed on your forehead with the mark of God. Mm, Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Praise the Lord. Walking with a divine immunity. Against the things that are out there. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 27. But I discipline my body. And bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others. I myself should become disqualified. Again a little bit more here about. He's talking about what you need to do. But he doesn't necessarily go into detail. About how we're supposed to accomplish it. But that, again, is what we're talking about. Walking in the Spirit will accomplish these things. Walking in the Spirit helps you get your body under. Okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And let's go. Let's go to verse 31. This is like the resurrection chapter. This is the chapter about the glorified bodies that we are going to receive when that final day comes, that final moment comes. Now, those of us that are alive and we're remaining until he comes back, then we'll get it right then when we're caught up, when we're going up, our bodies will be changed. Praise God. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31. Paul said, I affirm by the boasting in which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. I die daily. How does he die daily? By walking in the Spirit daily. By walking in the Spirit daily. Okay. Now, Ephesians chapter 5. Remember that the epistles, which were the letters that the Apostle Paul and other writers, such as Peter, wrote to the new covenant believers, are written for you and me. Now, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. I love this. And do not be drunk with wine. Yes, Pastor Stephen, that alcohol will send you down in the hell. Pastor Stephen, it's of the devil. 
It's not good. Yes, it's, it's not good. And I, I don't drink. I, I know a lot of Christians, <laughs> they love their wine. And you could give them a hundred verses about the dangers of alcohol. They, they don't care. They're, they're going to drink their wine. Um, I'm drinking, however, the new wine of the Spirit. Mm -mm. Won't destroy your brain cells. Mm, won't cause you to do something stupid and idiotic. Praise God. And do not be drunk with wine. Oh, I, I can't stop. I have to say a little bit more. You know, why is it that some Christians who have the F on the chest, not the S, the F, why is it that the only verse that they can quote from the whole Bible, they can't, quote, they can't even quote you John 3.16, why is it that the only verse they can ever quote from the Bible is Paul told Timothy to drink a little wine for his stomach's sake? <laughs> why is that? Because they walk after the flesh. They're not walking after the Spirit. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Pastor Stephen, Paul, the beloved apostle, told his spiritual son Timothy to drink a little wine for his stomach's problem. Well, do you have a stomach problem? Well, no, Pastor Stephen, I just like drinking it anyhow. <laughs> well, my friends, my friends, we are told to study. Study to show yourself approved, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. There's a lot of people, they don't study, they just get up and start talking. Well, Pastor Stephen, they drank wine back in the Bible days. Do you understand what kind of wine that was? You'd have to drink four gallons of it before you could ever get drunk. Well, Pastor Stephen, I love drinking wine. The wine we have today is vastly different from the wine they had back then, and that's you know, there's, there's good ministers that have written entire books on that because the proof is overwhelming. You could get drunk on, by, on Bible wine, and there were different kind of wines. There was what we would call hard liquor. That's what the pagans back then drank. But the Jewish people, they drank wine, but it was extremely diluted, what we would call a ratio today of 60 to 1. Some Bible scholars have said the ratio is even 120 to 1. Wow. In other words, a whole lot of water diluting just a very little bit of that paste they would mix from a concentrate to create the drink that was called wine. Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. In other words, in which excess is so easy. But be filled with the Spirit. There you go. That's how you walk in the Spirit. That's also how you get that crucif crucifixion of the flesh nature. Walking in the Spirit. Drinking the wine. Drinking the wine. Not the world's wine. Not the world's alcohol. Mm -mm. I had... Sometimes I have to, pay, I have to, I have to uh, block out some of my stories. We, we had one of our housekeepers years back. Uh, very, very... Godly young man, I would say a young man that had the S on his chest, who loved the Lord and was a, he and his wife were remarkable house cleaners. He was from another country. He's no longer here. He's back in his, his other country and his ministry was raised up there. I always thought he was supposed to be back there anyhow, but God got him back. Okay. But while he was here, he told me that he cleaned the house of one person, a Christian, a a Christian who was kind of like the critic, the one who critiqued everybody. And he went to clean that person's house. And he said, Pastor Stephen, that, that man really verbally roughed me up. 
and basically said, I'm not a real Christian, and uh, he's got it all together, and what he teaches is, is a true way, and, uh, you know, he's free. He's free, and he just really roughed me up, and I didn't even do anything to ask for it. I'm just trying to clean his house. <laughs> oh, I said, well, he's just probably in the flesh. He said, well, I don't know about that, but when I went down to his basement to clean his basement, his entire basement was full of every beer that you could think of. No, not, not just a few shelves, the whole basement, pallets and pallets of beer, alcohol everywhere. See, see, he's drinking. He's not drinking from the spirit. And that's why he can't, that's why he can't counsel people. He can't, he can't console people. He can't help people. He's walking with an F instead of an S. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Be filled with the spirit. That's the focus. That is one of the primary focuses of the teachings of the new covenant. Be filled with the spirit. And there is, there is a parallel. There is a comparison with what alcohol does. Alcohol in an, uh, in, in a funny way can make you free. It can make you, make you say things. I mean, you may, may regret it later, but it, 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 it gets you loosened up you'll, you'll certainly how can we say have a liberty a liberty to get in the flesh but nevertheless there's a liberty and uh, you can get loose and free loosey-goosey and you also can kind of like get real bold kind of you know why you're drunk you're, you're not in your right state of mind but in a righteous way in a holy way when you drink the wine of the spirit when you walk heavily in the spirit there also is a boldness as it says in Proverbs, the righteous are as bold as a lion. There is a unique boldness. And there's also a liberty to have fun, to laugh, to have a good time in God. Well, Pastor Stephen, we're, we're, we're all dignified. No, you're not dignified. You're, that's just your pride. That's just your pride. Smile. Woo. Laugh. Dance. Woo. Get free. Oh, Pastor Stephen, we're too dignified to do that. No, that's human flesh. That's pride. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. I'll guarantee you one thing. When you get to heaven, you'll dance there. Mm, all that old flesh shall be gone. You'll be dancing. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory. Shouting, praising God. Well, Pastor Steve, we don't do that in our, in our denomination. That's because you haven't had the new wine. When you get filled with the new wine, you'll be like you're drunk. And you don't care. See, drunk people don't care. That's why they get loose. You don't care. Woo. Hallelujah. Shout. Hallelujah. You don't care. Praise the Lord. Yes. Amen. I believe that we should be spirit-filled believers, and this is a core thrust of the New Testament. Thank you, Jesus. Be filled with the Spirit. It's a commandment. It's a commandment. Thank you, Jesus. And when you do that, by the way, when you live, you'll die to the flesh. Thank you, Jesus. That makes it easy. Because you, you can never get yourself on that cross, okay? You're going to need to live. In the process of living, you'll see this dying fully work itself out. One more, one more. Romans chapter uh, 14, which, by the way, is still, it could change, but it's still my favorite chapter in the Bible. My favorite book of the Bible is the book of Colossians, but my favorite chapter in the Bible is Romans chapter 14, the greatest masterpiece that the Apostle Paul wrote, the book of Romans. Now, let's drop down to verse 17, where Paul says, the kingdom of God, 
which you are in. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking rules and regulations. Watch it, brother. That's unlawful. Don't do that. Brother, dot your eye, cross your T. We're watching you. Okay. We, we understand, yes, you do dot your I. We understand also that you're supposed to cross your T's. We, we, we need to have knowledge of those things. We need to know the commandments, the ordinances, the precepts, the instructions of the holy God whom we serve and whom we belong to. But my friends, watch the focus. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And when you do that, the don'ts, you don't want to do them anyhow. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. The joy in the Holy Spirit, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you focus on that, if you focus on that, you'll find yourself on the cross. By the way, in Christ, you can laugh on the cross. I'm dead to self. I've never had such a great time in all of my life. Woo! Hallelujah. And it never ends. It never ends. You cross through the veil and go home to be with the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever. The joy will never end. Pastor Stephen, one day the devil's going to wipe that smile off your face. Jesus will put it right back on there. The joy will never end. Pastor Stephen, you never know. In the end times, they might do to you like they did to Isaiah the prophet. They might saw you in half. Well, once they're done sawing, I'll be in heaven, and I'll still be full of joy. Hallelujah. God can put it all back together later. <laughs> Woo! Because my spirit and soul will still be whole. Hallelujah. My friends, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking and rules and regulations, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Are we aware of biblical commandments? This is right. That is wrong. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. There are some things that God said they're okay. Apples and oranges uh, and, you know, cashews and pecans. Eat all you want. There's nothing unlawful about it. Enjoy yourself. But there's other things God said, don't do that. That's wrong. The moment God assigned that as being wrong, it will forever be wrong. And nobody can change it. No court can change it. No human laws or culture can change it. It will always be wrong. Stealing will always be wrong. Murder will always be wrong. Well, Pastor Stephen, you know, we have new philosophies today. No, 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 no. God's word is eternal. His principles are the same. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. It'll never, it'll never change. Praise the Lord. But my friends, when you walk in righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, wow, it's just you, you end up fulfilling the law. Mm. When you walk in love, the agape love, which is a selfless type of love, which is a fruit, a supernatural fruit of the Spirit. Not a carnal love, but a giving type love. Hallelujah. You're actually, you're actually walking in the empowerment of the cross and the new life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so today, determined to be a person that will have the S on the chest. Praise God. Stop and think a moment about Superman. Pastor Stephen, he's real. Well, he's not, but let's just say he were for a moment. Superman has a weakness. 
Yes, Pastor Stephen, I do too. I got a whole list of them, and I, I'm, I'm working on them, trying to check them off one by one. But Pastor Stephen, sometimes they really put a whooping on me. Well, we all have areas that could be, you know, watch out for the flesh. You know what I'm talking about. But my friends, Superman is aware of kryptonite. He had his thing too. This, this green stone that kind of would glow. That, that, that's big trouble for him. But while he is aware of kryptonite, it's not like he's walking around focused on kryptonite. Mm. Pastor Stephen, there's kryptonite behind them plants. Watch out. Mm. Pastor Stephen, we got any kryptonite up here in the pulpit? No, no. We're not kryptonite focused. We are aware of it. Yes, we are. We are aware of the, the, the writing, the rules about it, this and that. We, we know all about that. But Superman was focused on what gave him strength. And what gave him strength was his priority, not what gave him weakness. What gave him strength was the, was the sun, because he came from a distant galaxy where they had a different type of sun. And so as, you know, somebody coming from another place under our sun, our sun, which is a yellow type sun, gave him phenomenal strength unlike anybody else on the planet. And that was what his focus was. Same with us. Let our focus be on the Son, the S-O-N, the Lord Jesus, and the Holy Spirit who is here with us always, every day, all the time. And by that focus, we can walk in the Spirit. And as we walk in the Spirit, as we live, also we live the crucified life. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. Let that balance of Word and Spirit always be something that we get it right. Father, the two wings on the airplane so that we can get the lift, the Word, the Spirit. We thank you, Father God, that we are people called to walk in the Spirit, to be filled, to be filled with the Spirit. And I pray, Father, for anybody watching today that would, that would be not even half full. Maybe there's just a little trickle in there, and they've gotten real dry. Father, I just pray that there'd be a fresh infilling today. Even as lately we have been talking about the new anointing, as we're coming into Pentecost, there will be a new anointing that's released, special anointings for your people. Father, let there be a filling up today of that necessary oil. Let them drink of your spirit today and get into the S position and move out of the F position. Father, we give you all of the praise. I thank you for that anointing flowing now. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever noticed, I'm sure you have, when you pray, when you wait on the Lord, perhaps initially your flesh is squirming, wants to do anything else but pray. But as you wait on the Lord, because that's where the life is at, meditate on His Word, spend time with Him, and you kind of forget all about the flesh. You forget about that, that thing that your flesh said, oh, it's too beautiful of a day. Uh, it's sunny, no clouds, let's go out and let's go, it's anything but pray. But as you stay in that place, as you get up early, or even during the day, if you take time to spend time with God, eventually you get over into that realm of the glory. And you find yourself in the secret place, and without even thinking about it, you have forgotten. It's like fallen. All of those things that were trying to keep you from getting, that, that's the flesh, by the way. Well, Pastor Stephen, I, I never seem to get out of that. You need to stay on your knees longer. 
Just stay there longer, spending time with the Lord. Oh, Pastor Steve, nothing's happening. It is. It's just it's your flesh going under. And that, that's okay. Welcome to humanity. Even as a born-again believer, even, even with ministers, you still have to work past that flesh zone and get into the spirit zone and maintain that. And the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. But it's fascinating because after your devotional time is complete, your prayer time, your time in the secret place, you come out of that and it's just like, hey, whatever happened to all that crazy stuff that was trying to pull on me? Now, if you would have rushed into all of those things and just started trying to do all of that and just, you know, forget God, you start doing all that stuff, that's how you get dry. That's how you get dry. But when you stay close to the Lord and you keep getting filled up, that's where you walk in that special place. And then those who are spiritual can restore. Those who are spiritual can minister the word that's needed. So, Father, we give you praise. Bless. Fill your people. Thank you. In Jesus' name, O oh God. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Now, if you're watching today's program and you realize, Pastor Stephen, my life is not right with God. I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm on the outside looking in. Right now, Jesus would like to get you on the inside, into Him. Praise the Lord. This is not about joining a church. This is about becoming born again, giving your life to Christ, and you belong to Him. Praise the Lord. If you would like to do that, right now, pray this prayer after me. Pray it out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I come before you as a sinner. I need you. Jesus, my sins have separated me from God, from you. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Wash me with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. Jesus, I give my heart to you. Save me now. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Those of you that have prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. You belong to Jesus, and God loves you. You are now in the church. Praise God. Hallelujah. You are part of God's people. Now, let's take holy communion together. Mm -mm. I see S over so many people. It goes beyond number right now. You're walking in the Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Pastor Stephen, I've had a bad week. Get right back into the Spirit. Pastor Stephen, I had a bad day yesterday. Today's a new day. Get right back into the Spirit. Start walking in the Spirit and ask God to forgive you of your sins. He'll wash it all away. Just keep on going with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the grape juice and the, and the unleavened bread. We pray over this and we bless it now. We set this apart as holy. This is now the flesh of Christ and the blood of Christ. Father, thank you for the, for the body of Jesus, his flesh. Thank you. Thank you, O oh God. We give you praise. Thank you for the choice and the privilege of selecting the S category instead of the F category. Thank you, Lord. We choose to look to you, Jesus, as the sun. We're aware of the kryptonite, but we're not, that's not our focus. We look to you and we receive strength. Jesus, as we receive your flesh, 
We thank you for supernatural strength and protection. In your name, amen. Let's protect together. Father, we ask if there have been any. Let's do this first, my friends. Let's just pray this. Father, if anyone has sinned against us, we forgive them. Now, if, make that personal. In other words, Father, if anybody has sinned against me, I forgive them. Do that right now. So, Father, we thank you. We forgive anybody who has sinned against us. And, Father, we now ask that you would forgive us of all of our sins. Wash our sins away. We thank you that you are faithful and just, that if we ask you to do this, you will forgive us of our sins, and you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we receive that. We thank you, Father, for the forgiveness of our sins. And now we continue moving on, looking towards you. Father, thank you for the cleansing blood of Jesus. We receive it. We thank you for protection and blessing. Thank you, O God. Thank you. Let us drink of your spirit. Thank you. Lord Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. And amen. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. The S on the chest. Superman, Superwoman, go and walk with the Lord. Walk in the Spirit. Drink of the Spirit. Pastor Steve, I don't want to drink too much. No, get drunk in the Spirit. Get into the overflow. Hallelujah. Because it's out of the overflow that you minister to others. Thanks for watching today. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Bye-bye.